0: Gang, it is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Bridget and Holly, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. (laughs) You guys. I was sitting, I think it was like the other week, and I was like, I need a Girls Girl episode. I just need to like talk to girls that get it. And I immediately thought of the two of you. And I'm like, you guys have to come on. So thank you for being here. Uh, Oh, I love that. So first of all, it's crazy, Holly, because I have a lot of new listeners. And I'm thinking back to when we recorded our first episode together. There may be some people that like haven't heard it. So guys, if you haven't listened, go listen because it was amazing. (laughs) But how long ago was that?
1: It was like two years ago. And it was the first interview I'd done in like five years because I was totally anti doing PR, but I was a right. fan of your show. And I thought, well, this will be fun. And then you inspired me to start my own podcast. You're totally my inspo because I had so much fun on that one.
0: Aww. It was such a good experience. And like, I agree. I think we were like, oh, my God, let's have a convo. And we were like getting so deep. We were mm-hmm. both like emotional. we were like, fuck, that was amazing. So thank you for getting so deep with me on that. And anyone again, go watch it because it's incredible. But now I have you two lovely ladies here, and I want to kind of like, maybe people that are new, can you explain, Holly, like, how do you guys know each other? How are you guys friends? How did you guys meet? Well, we were
1: living together at the Playboy Mansion for like seven years, mm-hmm. and we were on a show, a reality show called The Girls Next Door that was on from like 2005 to 2009, and that's how we
0: know each other. So it was complicated. <laughs> Yes. To people that maybe are listening that are like, I don't even know what the Playboy Mansion is. I don't understand any of this. Please, can you kind of like explain what the Playboy Mansion was like during that time?
2: The Playboy Mansion was the place to be at that time. Um, in the early 2000s, everybody wanted to be there. Every celebrity, every girl that I knew of wanted to be a part of it, wanted to be a playmate, wanted to go to the parties. They had the best parties in the world there. Um It was just the place that you wanted to go. You wanted to be seen and you wanted to be a part of that whole lifestyle. Yeah.
0: It's like a fairy tale. It looks like from the outside with all these beautiful women. So it's like, what girl wouldn't want to just like pop in and get like a living space to be around all these people? When you talk about these parties, like, can you like who was the most famous person you ever saw at a party like give some context like the caliber of people were that were at these places well at the time it was like
1: the biggest movie stars like Leonardo DiCaprio Mm -hmm. and Jim Carrey and Cameron Diaz and people like that yeah and the crazy thing is like nobody had like smartphones back then and you were not allowed to bring cameras in if you got caught with a camera you'd be immediately kicked out so people felt comfortable going there and partying and Like Hef had his personal cameras there and personal videographers, but people felt comfortable that they weren't going to be exposed. So big celebrities felt comfortable going and you would just see all kinds of people there.
0: I don't think anyone ever in generations moving forward will ever experience that type of like anonymity when they walk into a room at a party. No. Like the concept and I, I can imagine like it maybe was more freeing for a lot of people to know like you're not gonna i literally wake up the next day sometimes after parties and i see like i'm tagged in a video and i'm like oh my god like i smile like that like (laughs) or i'm like breathing that way like what you can wake up and in that kind of world it's just so different to think back like not having cameras like were you guys at parties Did you feel that same way, like very free? Or were you still stressed because you were kind of working in a way?
1: Well, when I was just a guest there, it felt very free. And like Mm. you were kind of a fly on the wall and just watching everybody. But once we moved in and were half girlfriends, you were kind of required to sit at the table the whole time unless you had to like run to go to the bathroom. Mm. And you could get up and dance a little bit. But you were kind of like greeting everybody that came to say Mm. hi to him. So it wasn't like we definitely didn't feel free i don't think no like we, we had to get trashed but right, right, right. <laughs> we
2: had to stay with an eye shot of hef and the
0: area like we couldn't just go walking around and be like let's go right. check this out let's right. go enjoy this party also like i wonder like did you guys ever want to not get too drunk because like then would you like do something that you would be, like, in the morning, like, oh, are you might not going to get in trouble? Like, did you guys ever have to watch yourselves? Because I'm sure people are doing drugs and drinking and all the things. Like, what was that dynamic? I, I got wasted <laughs> all I did the too. time.
1: But I feel like for me, too, it was part of, like, a way to disassociate mm-hmm. a little bit, just because a lot of the things that were going on at the house I yeah. wasn't really comfortable with, and that was just kind of, like, my escape. Mm-hmm. But I was trashed all the time.
0: <laughs> You're like, I was hammered actually, yeah, Alex. Totally. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Was I ever sober? <laughs> Obviously back then like there was such a beauty standard i think that was like very specific to the mansion and the playboy world Mm -hmm. can you guys talk about that and like what were you expected to look like Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. During a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and never survive. I had to flee my own state to receive treatment. I think Donald Trump bears an incredible amount of responsibility for these restrictive laws. We need leaders that will protect our rights, and that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. This episode is brought to you by Curology. If you have particular skincare challenges, it can be really frustrating to waste time and money on products that just are absolutely not formulated for you. That is why I'm so excited to recommend Curology. I have personally struggled with acne my whole life, and I'll look at someone on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram and be like, should I buy those products? No, I do not have the same skin as them, so I should not be treating it the same. Curology's personalized prescriptions are formulated to treat your individual skin needs from acne to the earliest signs of aging. All you have to do is go online, take a quick quiz, and you will be connected to a licensed dermatology provider that will create a custom formula based on your skincare needs. If you're ready to start your skincare journey and start seeing results, here is a special offer just for you. Visit Curology.com slash Call Her Daddy for a special offer. That's Curology, curolog ycom com slash Call Her Daddy. Offer applies only to your first box, subject to consultation, new subscribers only, subscription required there was such a beauty standard I think that was like very specific to the mansion and the playboy world Mm -hmm. can you guys talk about that and like what were you expected to look like I think the most harmful thing was just the thinness because like eating
1: disorders were really rampant. Like there was a lot of bulimia at the mansion to the point where people would end up in the hospital sometimes to the point where like bathroom pipes had to be replaced, uh-huh. which I didn't believe that rumor for a while because I was like, no, that's too over the top. You don't have to replace a bathroom pipe because of somebody's stomach acid. But then somebody confirmed that that was true.
0: Did you guys both experience problems with like and struggles with eating?
1: I've never had like really an eating disorder disorder. Mm-hmm per se but I used to count every single calorie and I was really obsessed with being very very thin and I definitely experienced body dysmorphia where I would see footage of myself and think oh my god I let myself really get out of control this is so embarrassing and I look back on that footage now and I'm like wait what was I thinking tiny yeah because back then the beauty standard was just like you had to be so thin
0: what about you Bridget
2: I did not have an eating disorder but I look back at all of the footage from girls next door and I I was really um they tried to fat shame me basically and they tried to make me uh, I'm the big girl the heavy girl of the group and they tried to shame me for eating in every way they could and I remember noticing it at the time and and talking to the producer about it and telling him it really upset me that he did that because I felt like I had a really healthy relationship with food and exercise and um and was not heavier than the other girls but still to this day
0: people think that i am the fat one from the show it's so interesting you say that because i remember watching the show and i didn't remember that until you're saying it i'm like oh yeah i do remember like the concept of like if you weren't actually to the point where you looked sickly then you were like fat considered Mm -hmm. fat wait so producers said that to you to your face
2: well i told him that i didn't appreciate it and he he just said it's funny And... he thinks it's funny. He thinks it's a funny gag that he
0: keeps doing to me. But you never ended up like succumbing to that pressure and you like never had then issues with eating.
2: Never had issues with eating, but I'm always worried about it. And especially after that now, now I'm always, and people will come up to me and still be like, oh, you've lost a lot of
0: weight. And I'm just like, what are you
2: talking about?
0: Right. Like, first of all, shut the fuck up. Don't comment (laughs) on people's bodies. How about that? And second of all, shut the fuck up. It's so sad because I think a lot of What I wanted to talk about today is, like, how maybe we have progressed a little bit in society with, like, but then I'm sitting here and I'm, like, not really. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially with, like, the thinness and the body dysmorphia for women, it's just social media has made it worse. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, back then, Playboy, it was, like, if you see this magazine, this is what you should look like. And all the women have, like, dye your hair bleach blonde and have thick boobs and blah, blah, blah. And it was all just to look a certain way. But now I'm like, I feel like it's the same thing with like, whether it's like, look like the Kardashians or look like now like the models. It's like, as women, we can never just be like, happy with the way that we look. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad. And it's unfortunate. I guess I'm curious, since you guys had such a fixation on the way that you looked for so long, like, is it still lingering that when you guys look in the mirror, you still have those like twitches of like, making sure you look perfect?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. To the point where on the way over here, I was talking about how cool it was that Pamela Anderson went to Fashion Week in no makeup. And I'm like, I will never be brave enough to do that, but I'm glad somebody is. Like, thank
0: God. Right. No, you're so right. Yeah. What about you, Bridget? Like, when you're just, like, alone with yourself looking in the mirror, like, are you still finding yourself being, like, almost, like, regressing to those days of, like, look this way, feel this way?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Dude. Oh, It's something I think about every day. Yeah.
0: Multiple times a day.
2: I mean, multiple times on the way over
0: here. Yeah.
1: I feel like it's so hard to deprogram from. Like, Mm. I would love to say I've evolved
0: past that, but it would take a lot longer. But I I don't even think, like, I agree with you guys, but I also don't even think, like, of course you guys were in a situation where it was so over the top and, like, to the absolute extreme, but I feel like so many women that are going to listen to this are going to be like, me too. Like, I don't Mm. know one woman that doesn't have some type of insecurity because of the way they look not because they actually felt about themselves but because either society or someone said something to their face and was like you should look this way or or, I don't like that about you like oh you're fat or oh you're this and then it stays with you it's like fucking exhausting it really is exhausting that's the perfect word for it
2: and if it's not weight it's age too Mm -hmm. like talk about that Like you shouldn't be dressing like that or you should, you know, look your age or whatever. And I I feel like I am looking my age. I'm looking how I want to look. Like This is how I want
0: to look. I did something recently where people were like, you're getting too old to party. Like, this is not cute. And I'm like, I want to be fucking 80 in the nursing home, like ripping shots, like going out on a bang. And you
2: should. Like, who cares if that's what you want to do? That's what you should do
0: as we get. Older, and it's something that I've thought about a lot. Of is like I started the show when I was pretty young, and like it's sad to say this, but I'm realizing like it is such a privilege to get older. Mm-hmm. Like we're all so fortunate if we make it to 35, make it to 40, make it to 50. Like that's a fucking privilege, and to even see like signs of life on your body of like wrinkles, like oh my god, you've lived, you've gone through shit. But for women specifically, that's just like once it's almost like when you hit 30, 35, it's like. Well, you're 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 out of your prime, it's over. Like, can you talk to me about how you guys handle that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a thing at Playboy. I feel like the unspoken cut-off age for like a playmate was 28. Like there would be a few outliers here yeah. and there, but usually like 28 was kind of like, mm, "She's 28, you know, and it's just like I never I never want to put a limit on myself mm. like that for anything. And I just feel like even being a mom too, like I have to be really careful about what I put out there because there's always going to be somebody who's going to say like, I don't want to do anything to embarrass my kids, but I could just put out like a bikini picture that I think is cute and isn't even really sexy and there's going to be people I know weighing in like, you need to take that down, like that's inappropriate. (laughs) And it's also like, why are really young women the only ones who are allowed to be sexy? Like that's kind of like so true a big it, eye roll <laughs> no, it's yeah. actually
0: when you say that it's so interesting to me to be like if anything the young women should like refrain a little bit because you're getting to know yourself mm-hmm. like you want to like understand yourself before you're actually just like putting it out there to the world once we hit a certain age I'm like I know how to handle the criticism I know that like men aren't shit that are objectifying me it's mm-hmm. like we should continue to celebrate at every age it's not just like our worth stops at a certain age but it's I could sit here forever and talk about it. It's so frustrating because Mm -hmm. you guys, I'm sure it's hard for you too. And I don't know if you can talk about this. Like obviously we're sitting here talking about these like prime years that people talk (laughs) to you guys about, but I'm sure you guys probably would beg to differ of like that. Those weren't your prime years in terms of how you felt about yourself.
1: Not at all. I feel like life just keeps getting better and that Mm -hmm. I want
0: it to keep getting better. And I think that's the way it should be for everybody. Yeah. Wasn't there something about like, People would take Polaroids of you and then they would grade your Polaroid and that would like determine what parties you were allowed to get invited to. Yes. Can you explain that?
1: Well, when you would arrive to a party, if you were a female, they would take a Polaroid of you and then Hef would go through all of them after the party and grade them like A, B, C, or D. D, you're not invited back. C, you're maybe on the big party list. B, you're like on all the party lists, like big or small. And then A, you'd get invited to like the pool parties and stuff like that.
0: Dude, (laughs) was there anyone at the time between the women that was like, guys, this is like kind of fucked up or no?
1: I don't think so because I feel like we were so ingrained in it that that seemed like, like it sounds crazy talking about it now, but I feel like the graded Polaroids seemed like the least of the issues to me at the time.
2: Well, I remember I knew about the Polaroids because obviously I've had them taken of me before, but I didn't realize the grading on them until later. And I remember being kind of shocked by that and be like,
0: oh, they're great. Oh, that's how these work? Bridget's like taking the photo like, how do I I look? And then later you're like, oh oh fuck that was for a grading system yeah like, totally, totally um when you just said that holly it made me think like okay if that was like the least of your worries can you guys talk to me about as a woman looking back now with like hindsight like what was the hardest moments that you're like damn like that was so fucked up of how objectified we were being as women for our bodies and our looks and no one gave a fuck about like what we had in the inside I mean I think
1: I mean there's so many layers to that I think for me personally when I think about the worst thing I just think about like anything in the bedroom mm-hmm. and just the fact that like anybody would be invited in there and like we didn't get to agree on who got to come in and who got to watch and who got to do whatever and it was just
0: traumatizing <laughs> yeah oh I didn't realize so he could invite people in to watch you guys
1: well I mean I think he wanted everybody to participate, participate. Yeah. but sometimes people wouldn't And you would get the feeling with some people, they were just looky loose. Yeah, totally. And then some people would go like blog about it. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of like
0: revenge porn a little bit. You know what I mean? Not even a little bit, like full (laughs) fucking blown. Totally. What about you, Bridget? Like what comes to mind?
2: I mean, it definitely has to be the bedroom. It can't get any worse than that. But it it also was like this the mean girls era that we Mm. like to refer to because I just feel like we had no voice during that whole time. It Mm -hmm. was really
0: hard. Mm -hmm how did you find your voice when you left the mansion
1: I felt like I went through a couple years of like deprogramming kind Mm -hmm. of because when I left there like obviously I knew it was fucked up enough that I didn't want to stay but after being there for seven years and being in like the kind of this cult like environment where everybody Mm -hmm. worships this one person for the longest time if anybody like press or otherwise would ask me about it I'd be like oh everything's great he's great everybody's great because I mean a I just didn't want to like get into it publicly Mm -hmm. I just wasn't ready for that yet and I thought that was the nice thing to do but look Looking back, I'm like, it really took me a couple years to like deprogram and realize that a lot of shit that happened was like fucked up. Like, obviously, I knew I didn't like it at the Mm -hmm. time and I knew I had to leave after a certain point. But also,
0: even you just saying that, like. It makes me think about how there's so many people online that and not even about you, Mm -hmm. just like anyone that does something that they regret, even like women that did porn that they're like, I look back now and I wish I didn't do that. People are like. But you did it. Yeah. Like you benefited from it. You're there. Like you're famous because of that. Like and mostly it's men saying yeah. this. Of being like, oh well you did it. Like, why are you so upset? Like it made you who you are today. Can you talk about how you also deal with like that juxtaposition of like, of course how you felt in that moment. How are you gonna speak up about a man that was one of the most like highest men in power at the time in the world everyone knew this man everyone loved this man everyone wanted to be this man Mm -hmm. and like who were you like little holly madison to be like actually this is abuse like (laughs) it just wasn't you couldn't have done that at the time um so can you talk to me a little bit about that of like seeing those comments about that situation yeah when people say that i mean i just don't really
1: know what their point is like am i Because I have two choices at this point. I can either lie and Mm -hmm. say, everything was great. I got to be on a TV show because of it. So cool. But I'm really, if I were to do that, it'd be perpetuating a lifestyle that didn't make Mm -hmm. me happy and a relationship that didn't make me happy and something I would never recommend for anybody else. Like, who cares if I was on a reality show because of it? Like, anything I've got to do since then, it's because I know how to fucking make lemonade out of lemons. And everybody just wants to act like he handed me every little thing I've done Mm -hmm. since. And that's just not the case.
0: True. Bridget what about you when you left like what was that like repairing your self-image and and who you were independent of the mansion
2: I think I'm still working on that Mm -hmm. I don't think I've done that yet Mm -hmm. um I did I kind of left and still did beaches my beaches Mm -hmm. show for the travel channel and um still kind of hosted and I just sort of put it all behind me I didn't really like um look back into it much at all or anything like that
1: I felt like I didn't for a second either because when you leave the mansion, you realize, fuck, okay, I have a, had a platform from being on a reality show, so I need to hit the ground running now mm-hmm. if I'm going to, like, survive. So you're in survival mode. You're not thinking about going back. Like, yeah. it wasn't until a good couple years after I left, I was looking through that Girls Next Door coffee table book we did that had all these candid shots mm-hmm. of us because I was trying to find a certain picture. And I looked at myself and I'm like, holy shit, I'm fake smiling in all these pictures like maybe not everybody else could recognize that right but i did and i was like wow
0: <laughs> i noticed bridget like you got a little emotional when you just said well
2: that. i think doing this pod not this yeah. podcast yeah. but our holly yeah. and i's podcast um is helping me like mm-hmm. look back on some of the things and some of the things that i'd forgotten about mm-hmm. and um and then i also started writing a book too and that's mm-hmm. kind of opened some things up and i'm so i'm i feel like i'm just now in that area but I don't think I did it before.
0: Yeah, can you talk to me a little about that? Like, how does it make you feel?
2: It's it's a it's a roller coaster mm-hmm. ride because like there's when we first started, it mm-hmm. was it was emotional and it was bad, and I told Holly when she first asked me if I wanted to do this podcast of recapping the show, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, I have great memories. <laughs> like everything's good. I have nothing bad to say. Like, we're going to be like the, the, you're going to be like all, Opposites. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that was an awful time. And i will be like, it was great. It was amazing. <laughs> and it, it that is sort of how it mm-hmm. is still my, mm-hmm. my recollection of everything mm-hmm. is, um, or my experience that I had with things was a little bit more positive mm-hmm. than what Holly had. Not that there wasn't negative things, but like, m- generally more positive. Um but we started watching the episodes and I told her I can't do this.
1: Yeah, we were ready to quit after like episode Stop. 2. I was like,
2: "Oh my god, I totally put this completely out of my head that they they did this to us, to me in a particular episode and I don't even know how I can address this. Like the, I have there's nothing I can even say to try and redeem myself out of this."
0: What was the situation? It was episode
2: two. So season one, episode two, it was supposedly our um, our episodes. Holly was supposedly episode one. I was episode two and Kendra's episode three and um, episode two. And it has me trying to get the playmates drunk and talking about how jealous I am that they get to get it. And I don't, and I'm sabotaging them and stuff, which was not never happened. True. <laughs> but they show it, they cut it. Like I'm ordering them shots and making all these girls that are just there testing, do all these shots to ruin their, their test the next day. And I'm just like, how am I even supposed to like defend myself on this when it looks like that's what I'm doing and that's mm-hmm. how I feel.
0: I'm so sorry and I that's something that's so weird about podcasting which I'm like happy sad for you guys because like you said you're doing a rewatch podcast and it's it almost makes you have therapy sessions every week right oh it does i think so yeah (laughs) like holly like we went through that we did that and again you guys knowing which must be kind of cathartic but also kind of fucked up to be like wait pause that's not how it went down that's not what happened let's talk about sexuality a little bit when did you guys ever first start masturbating This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Daddy gang, what are your plans for the summer? I want to probably sign up for a couple excursions with mats, really put myself out there, do something I don't usually do. But when you want something, you got to just go for it. And that applies when you're hiring for your business. ZipRecruiter can help you snag the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And luckily, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. So amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter Daddy Gang and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com/daddy to try it for free right now. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Who's ready to create some core memories this spring, daddy gang. Rally the squad, we're packing up and heading out on a road trip in UGG. Y'all know I live in my UGG classic boots. Well, now it's time to swap out the boots for the sandal of the season, the Golden Glow, because you already know, UGG season is year-round, baby. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This
2: episode is brought to you by Say. Say is one makeup brand you need to be using if you love that effortless, glowy, no-makeup makeup look. Exclusively at Sephora, say is certified clean and planet positive, going above and beyond to make sure each product is skincare packed, high performing and sustainable. They have several award-winning products like
0: their Glowy Super Gel and Slip Tint Tinted Moisturizer that hydrate and brighten skin for a dewy sexy look. Shop the Say collection now at Sephora. This episode is brought to you by Azo Vaginal Health Products. Most women will experience a yeast infection during their lifetime. But it is time to stop giving women's health the silent treatment. I think sometimes we get so anxious, we don't want to deal with it. Well, actually, yeast infections, you're like, I actually have to deal with this. I literally am so fucking itchy right now. That is what Azo products are for. They have an entire line of products designed to help balance your vaginal pH and protect your vaginal health. Azo Complete Feminine Balance helps restore the balance of good bacteria And for protection from yeast and urinary tract issues, try Azo Dual Protection. Azo, care that goes there. Daddy gang, you can save 20% with the promo code podcast at azoproducts.com. That's A-Z-O products.com. When did you guys ever first start masturbating? Or even if you do or don't, I don't know. Oh, like when I was young. Like I always functioned, Mm -hmm. I feel,
1: in a healthy way Mm -hmm. sexually, like from high school onward. Yeah. But I just, I don't know if it was like I wasn't emotionally ready to deal with a relationship
0: or the possibility of getting feeling attached to somebody through sex. It's such a weird time when you're younger because you're like, That didn't feel good When I had sex with him And then you're like If you start masturbating You're like Oh I think this is nice But also like Oh my god Don't let anyone know Or else I'm going to fucking hell And then it's like When you start having sex At that age Like it's really not about Finding pleasure for yourself Like it is still about the man It's like Mm. Did he get off And there's like Just so many weird things That come with that That it's just like It fucks with your head Can I say one more thing About the masturbation
2: Before you please come Please come back I I will say that That is one positive thing For me that came out out of the mansion and the upstairs bedroom thing is that um that became very normalized oh with
0: the mr hitachi yeah just like
1: people would just like usually like roll over with their
0: vibrator we stopped stop yes there was a bunch of vibrators who were like oh obviously yes I sorry let me, let me let me explain the scene really quick <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait bridget what's the mr hitachi what the fuck?
2: okay there's there's a vibrator called mr hitachi okay and is it called mr hitachi i, I thought it was the the ones, hitachi just hitachi
0: oh maybe i I call him Mr. Hitachi. He he like, a this, is a, this was the man in my life for seven years while I was at the mansion, okay? Don't this me. is what got me off.
2: But I'm just like um, so we had those at the mansion.
0: Dying. And
2: um, I'm just gonna say that was like amazing, and that opened my eyes to what could happen. Yeah. And um, I still have Mr. T- Hitachi today.
1: I think we like asked for them for stocking stuffers we one year. We did,
2: because they're incredible. <laughs> if you don't have one, get on Amazon. Amazon right now Wait, what kind of <laughs> but what you have to like?
1: order it from the hitachi site because amazon sells knockoffs that break
0: Wait. oh no What is it look beware? like
1: it's a giant
0: thing it's like yeah. a
1: jackhammer and yeah. it's
0: white oh that big with the, the brown big...
1: thing on the end yeah
0: it almost looks like a microphone yeah yes, yes. yes. Like... and it's for
2: backs and oh. stuff too supposedly Allegedly. you know that's what they, they say <laughs> but everybody knows what that's for
0: i actually was gifted one and i remember trying to use it it's like that is like an arm workout It's like kind of really heavy. (laughs) I will get used to it. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) Prince (laughs) is like, do you see these guns, bitch? Okay,
2: (laughs) Um, okay. So
0: you're saying, oh my god, you're saying, which actually I can understand, I guess. Like at that age, you're clearly not getting off because of him in the room, laying in the bed. He's like fucking about, and we're not allowed to date, right? so you're like my best friend is my vibrator
2: and there was a long period where there was no bedroom anymore either so there was like three years or four years mm-hmm. or something like that where, where there was we're not allowed to date and there is no bedroom so it's like <gasps> Mr. Hitachi <Yes. laughs>
0: oh my god I love that like, <laughs> Now now every that's gonna go on sale it's gonna a graphic to... of like a sales. stocking Wait, like you a my Christmas stocking <laughs> like, nope, literally Bridget get that coin bitch let's go <laughs> um that's so funny and so you literally would just be like okay fuck this like I'm gonna roll over and like and then you ended up really leaning into being able to be like okay I can masturbate and get myself off this doesn't have to be full hell
2: yeah and it didn't make me feel so embarrassed about it either like yeah. I felt very it it made me feel like this is a natural thing yeah. that we should we should be
0: doing yeah without getting like too graphic because like when whatever you guys are comfortable with I have a lot of a lot of women write in of just like being in situations that you're not comfortable but not knowing how to speak up for yourself and basically being kind of pressured into doing something that you almost can't even comprehend until you have time away from it. Bridget and Holly talk to me about just like those moments that like as a woman, you didn't know you were expected to have sex with this man or do all of this like mentally as young women, where were you at in just this experience with this situation sexually?
1: I feel like I was just so in over my head and so drunk that first night Mm -hmm. and like it's not like I didn't know that sex was going to go on upstairs but I thought well this is my first time out with them who has sex on the first date Mm -hmm. I'll just go up and like see what's going on but I was super wasted and you know shit just happened yeah Yeah. for me I full-on knew
2: that that was going to be expected but I too thought well the first night though like surely I can just be like oh it's the first night and like get out of this and I didn't even want to go upstairs the first night but then I was pressured by another girl who said if you ever want to be invited out again you better get your ass upstairs wow
1: yeah there was another girl who we call the recruiter and there were different people who like functioned as the recruiter Mm -hmm. over the years and it's just interesting how these men who victimize other women often have like a woman like a Ghislaine Maxwell type Mm -hmm. that will go out and get the other girls and make them feel comfortable or pressure them mm-hmm. harvey weinstein
0: had people like that too Absolutely. it's crazy it's like they make you feel like you actually have no choice and it's like woman to woman like let's go let's do this and you're kind of like I, I i guess it's almost like the biggest bully that like leads the charge that if you say no you're completely done and it's like you don't have a minute to think for yourself when you say you knew you had to do these things did like girls say that to you well, I had been hanging out long enough yeah. that I knew what was going
2: on up there. And yeah. I'd heard all kinds of rumors of what happened in the limo. And when Hef asked me the first time to come out, I said, oh, I've heard what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't want to do that. And he was like, oh, and he just like laughed it off and was not offended by that. Yeah. So I knew. I knew that that was going to be expected yeah. of me. Um, and I, I put a lot of thought into that because it wasn't mm-hmm. something that like I I wasn't promiscuous. I didn't have like a lot of people that I had been with. That wasn't something I was like excited to be doing.
0: Can you talk to me, Bridget, about like after that first night, what what were you going through?
2: Torture in my own head that very next morning. Like I felt ashamed. I felt disgusting. I felt like I really let myself down. Um I felt really lonely and I'm in a house where there's like a lot of people, but I'm like, Oh no, I feel so lonely and feel so gross and I have to get out of here. Like I have to get out of here right now.
0: And then what happened?
2: Then I went, I still had an apartment. Like I wasn't living at the mansion yet. And, um, I went back to my apartment and then that night, that afternoon, the, um, mansion, like the social secretary called and said, Hef wants you to meet tomorrow and go or tonight and go to um, the Craig Kilborn show with him and all his girlfriends. He's going to be on it and wants you to do that. And and it's like all of a sudden it's like kind of exciting again. Wait, they, they want me to go to the Craig Kilborn show? Like what? And so then I go on the Craig and then not only are, am I going to like sit in the audience with Hef and everybody, but they have all of us girls shooting a skit backstage and and the thing we have to do is go hi i'm hef's girlfriend and the next person says hi i'm hef's girlfriend <laughs> hi I'm right. hef's girlfriend. that was the skit like not a big deal or anything but like
0: all of a sudden you feel like you're a part of this mm-hmm. this thing you know that's so interesting too to be like leaving in a moment for women and i think that's the most annoying when people are like well then why did you go back Why did you go back? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a common thing, whether it was an abusive situation where it's like, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you go back? That's so common, not just even to this situation, which I appreciate you guys talking about this because it's a larger conversation for women of like, why didn't you leave? Why did you go back? Talk to me about that of how like explaining to people that are fucking idiots that don't get it. It's like, it's not that simple. Like clearly you had this like, oh my God, there's this feeling of this man is so much, there's power and there's things that come with this. But the sexual aspect of it, like, did you ever become okay with it? Did you just disassociate? Well, now it's the point
2: where I've done it. Now, mm-hmm. so like now, if I leave and I just throw this all away now,
1: like I did it all for nothing. And you like, feel like, no like everybody way. knows, right? Cause yeah, that's kind of your social circle too. Mm. Like, I felt like my two roommates had like moved away, and right before I moved in, like this was the mansion community it was a place I like went every Sunday for the pool parties and I felt like oh shit I just went upstairs and had sex like they're all gonna talk like they're all gonna know so I might as
0: well get what I came here for you know can you guys talk to me a little bit about that of like because I it is sadly so relatable Bridget of like what you guys are saying of like I already did it like it's even I think when women are in a situation that's like Well, now he's hit me twice, but like he's not going to do it again. And then when it happens again, you're like, but that's the last time like you rationalize in your mind because you're kind of trying to survive through this shit. Once you just kind of threw yourself into that world, did you guys ever have moments by yourself in those rooms to be like, what? What is happening? Who am I? Like, am I losing myself? We
1: would definitely vent to each other Uh about certain things. But a lot of it, I feel like, was deflected for a couple Mm -hmm. years because there were seven girlfriends. A lot of them we didn't get along Mm -hmm. with. There was a lot of bullying and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't recognize it at the time. But looking back, I feel like he kind of, like, encouraged that Mm -hmm. and kind of – it's like you keep people – it's like divide and conquer like you keep like two sides divided then we can't all meet up and be like you know what we should see if he'll like give us extra money for this or else we're not going into the bedroom like
0: he doesn't want that happening i'm curious to know because obviously like you guys experienced one of the biggest like what do you guys think drives controlling men insecurity
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. like you would look at someone like him and think he has no reason to be insecure he's so successful he has so many women around him he throws the best parties but that man was so insecure it was
0: insane I think
1: he was really afraid of dying alone
0: yeah, so he's like, I'm going to have 10 girlfriends at all times, so I'm not alone. Wow. Or
2: being, a, and not even just dying alone, but just being alone at yeah. all. Like if somebody, he didn't even want to let us to go home for the holidays. So and he, at some points right. he had like over seven girlfriends. And- right, you are like
0: bro. Also, like we barely talk. Like let's <laughs> yeah. keep it. Like come on. Like when after you guys got out of there, like did you find yourselves like talking about your dating patterns? Like after that, did you have like an aversion to like men in positions of power? Did were you still attracted to men? Like what was your what it was your type essentially?
1: Well, for me, I went straight into another relationship that mirrored the Playboy relationship in some ways. And got out of that very quickly. And that was kind of like a gift in a way that it showed me that this is a pattern. This isn't just anomaly behavior because this man was in a position. This is something that any man can do if he wants to. So luckily I was shown that very quickly and realized what I didn't want. And then I just dated kind of casually for a couple of years. And then I met the man that I married and had kids with. And I'm divorced now, but I'm in another relationship that I've been in for four years so amazing
0: Amazing. can you talk because I'm sure a lot of girls are listening being like wait Holly like what can we look out for like not even just talking about half like what are some things even in that next relationship that like when you look at someone that is controlling like that like what are things that maybe in the moment you're like is that a red flag but you can kind of sweep under the rug like what's something that you now are like don't let this happen, yeah. don't let this happen, and don't let this
1: happen. I think the first sign is definitely moving too fast or, you know, what people call love bombing. Like, I remember after I went out with Hef and the Girls the first time, he called me to invite me out the next time, and he said, I love you. And I remember thinking, ha, 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 that's funny. But that's how he operates. Right. Like, like, he wants people to feel, like, emotionally comfortable and, like, oh, this is romantic and you're special and you're so mature for your age and all that BS. Or, like, if somebody wants you to move in with them right away or you know starting to like insert little controlling behaviors they might give excuses for it or they might try and act like it's in your best interest or don't go do that show I'll set you up with a better show I mean stop yeah
2: (laughs) or make you feel bad for wanting to go see your family or whatever and wanting you to spend it with them but they make it seem like it's romantic like well I want to spend it with you I want you here with me and stuff but it's
0: really they don't want you to go see your family that's so interesting too which I, I know it's probably so hard again when you're in it but you're so right it's like if you write it down on a piece of paper, like, what are they telling you that they want to spend the holiday with you? But what is actually, like, physically happening? I'm not allowed to see my family right. because mm-hmm. of this. Like, and you're so right, Holly. It's like the way that they twist it. I feel like I've heard so much of, like, when men are controlling of, like, what you wear. And it's more like, I just, I want you to respect yourself. Like, I, I, I'm looking out for you. And it's like, the fuck?
1: Like, yeah. you're just, you're yeah. actually
0: telling me what I can and cannot wear. But they pose it as, like i I just want like people to respect you, and like I want you to like not look like a whore, and you're little like huh, like they <laughs> twist it so it's like you're right, like they're looking out for you, but really it's they're looking out for you to put you more in their thumb and just shove you down so that it's like every move you almost question and keep looking at them. Mm-hmm. Bridget, did you end up going and dating someone similar, or did you no? I met somebody right out of the
2: gate, out of the mansion. (laughs) I mean, I met him at the mansion, actually. Yeah. And um, we've been together for 15 years ever since.
0: Girl. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, how did you know?
2: Um, I don't know I guess I don't really believe in love at first sight or anything like that but I definitely thought he was so hot at first sight
0: <laughs> check and love that
2: it had to be a little bit of a, a slow burn because I wasn't allowed to date yeah. but yet I thought he was really hot and he was a director so I was producing a horror movie and I was looking for directors and so it started with like just some text like actual emails like business wise right. and, and working together like that and then as soon soon as I knew my foot was like it wasn't even fully out of the door but it was like reaching over the threshold (laughs) we were like dating
0: (laughs) oh my god your relationship to men I feel like it's really difficult as women when you're wronged by so many men and like treated the way that you were and spoken to the way that you were like is there like how did how did you like how do you feel about men in general and like the world and like obviously it's not all men but like it's fucking hard to like go through what you guys went through and be like men are amazing like how <laughs> did, how did when once you left the mansion and you actually started to have hindsight of like what the fuck happened there like how do you feel about men
1: I mean, I feel like I'm lucky I've had experience with, with good men as mm-hmm. well. And I think it's just, you know, I'm 44 now and I kind of, like, don't give as much of a fuck about, like, what other people think. So I'm able to speak up for myself more. And if somebody's doing something that I think is based in sexism, I'll, I'll just, like, say it and, like, I don't care. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that. Yeah, what about you, Bridget?
2: I go through phases. It depends <laughs> on my mood, I think. Like, I know I'm with a really good guy. Yeah. And... um but there's some things that happen sometimes and I can't even think of a specific yeah. example at the moment, but like something will happen and I'll be like, I, I fucking hate men. Like right. I, <laughs> like Jesus. And then, and then my boyfriend will be, or my husband will be like, Oh, you know what? They're not all that. Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right.
0: Right. He's like "Uh, babe. Yeah. Like <laughs> love you. And you're like, Oh yeah. wait. Yeah. I think it's important to just acknowledge and talk about because I think the hatred can be real and mm-hmm. it's, and it's justifiable and it, and it, it makes me upset where, like, I know for so long, even with, like, the feminist movement, people were like, oh, God, like, you're just a man-hater. It's not that. It's, like, when you've been so wronged by men who historically white hetero men in positions of power, like, it's just abuse all fucking day. And, of course, we're not saying that there aren't good ones, but when you've been at the hands of someone that is so fucking disturbed and how they abuse their power, it must be hard to, like trust people of like oh Whatever. for sure talk- I definitely have like trust issues yeah. <laughs> like it takes a minute talk to me about that
1: I mean I just takes me like a really long time like in my last couple of relationships I moved pretty slow just because mm-hmm. I really wanted to get to know people mm-hmm. and I would even talk with my friends who've also been in toxic relationships and we came up with a thing like how long does it take for a guy to show his toxicity because they always act real cool in the beginning we decided like it's usually like three to six months uh-huh. so I'm real careful
0: the first six months <laughs> they're like should I sleep over you're like At the six-month mark, maybe. But until then, keep your fucking distance. Yeah. That's so true. It kind of is that three to six. It really is. And it's crazy looking back. To
1: think that like you could even get into a relationship where you're like straight up living with somebody and feeling dependent on them
0: within three months. But it happens all the time. And again, like we're still programmed. It's we're still like all of us are born with internalized misogyny. Like we're born into Mm -hmm. this world and it's like men rule, women like it's still that way. Like we're having to unlearn it. So I think there's those natural things when a man makes you feel taken care of. And when a man does certain things for you, you can't help but be like, and it's like I do think we're getting better now where it's like no ladies ladies (laughs) no like if anything if you're feeling too good at the first like couple dates just pause because if it's actually that good and he's actually that amazing he can wait and it will happen Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes that pressure feeling it's hard to describe because you're like is it excitement or do I feel like pressure to like do these things with him Um, and it's hard to discern, like, what is it healthy? Is it toxic? Like, what's the situation? Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you be like saying that, Bridget, of just like some days I fucking, I mean, little things
2: will set me off. Like somebody's tone, the way they talk to me and stuff, or a guy will tell me to
0: smile which sends me
2: sends me like
0: give me a pretty smile and you're like oh shut
2: the fuck up yeah
0: like literally just shut up
2: like things like that happening
0: i'm just like i hate men can you give advice to girls that maybe are sitting there being like am i in one of those situations right now like how do you get out how do you actually leave something like that that's so all-consuming and suffocating
1: I think first like making a plan for yourself on what you're going to do because oftentimes when people are stuck in these relationships there's a financial element and a lot of, when people want to criticize and be like well why didn't you leave nobody says that to somebody when it's a job like if somebody has a sucky boss or a toxic work environment they might complain about it for days but you understand why they're there because they need the paycheck but if you're in a relationship or a living situation where there's some kind of financial component people are like well why don't you just fucking leave
0: you know such a good point yeah it's stupid and i do think that's a good point that you said of like a lot of the times also the reason that's it's hard to get out of something is because you can't you don't tell anyone so like it you can't confide in people the person that you talk to the most is the person that's basically abusing you Mm -hmm. and so you're like where do i go now and they
1: oftentimes want to isolate you i think the best thing is coming up with a plan like what are you going to do for work Mm -hmm. where are you going
0: to go who's Mm -hmm. your support system saving money Mm -hmm. yeah what do you guys think is, like, the biggest misconception about you as, like, former Playmates? Like, what do you think is that something that, like, maybe frustrates you? That we're one-dimensional, I think. Unintelligent. Mm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> bimbos.
0: I said that at the start
2: of the show, and I'm still saying that 20 years later. People think we're bimbos. If you're blonde and have mm-hmm. big boobs mm-hmm. and we're in Playboy, you're clearly not very smart.
0: What do you say to those people?
2: I feel like I'm just tired of defending and I feel like I've proved myself I have a master's degree like we have a successful podcast we've had successful careers I mean what more do you want yeah yeah people are always gonna say that Mm -hmm. the fact that I like pink the fact fact that I like Barbies (laughs) the fact that I love Halloween all of that is like belittled and like you can't be
0: intelligent and like those things too it's so true it's like if you are just like a beautiful woman that people like to look to, like look at, sometimes you're just reduced to your looks and it's like there's no way that she's smart. There's no way that they have brains like there's no way and it's like you got to where you are today for a reason and you guys have such a successful business that you like you said holly like you've created something of yourself and it has nothing to do with him like he's fucking dead and you're like you're still cranking and you've got your businesses and you're going and like that was so long ago i do understand why people are fascinated by it Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you guys do at this point too just because it's such like a world people can't fathom. But I do think there's a lot of themes today that we've been talking about. That's like it is kind of relatable. It is women feeling like, well, maybe if I just do it and get my foot in the door, then maybe I'll get taken seriously. And and okay, maybe that made me feel uncomfortable. But like next time I'm going to I'm going to do it a little bit differently. And then you get in the situation and you forget how powerful these people are. And it just makes you feel like, okay, but next time, like even you said, Bridget, you're like, I went home, I felt like shit, I felt disgusting. But then I got the call and it's like it's hard to explain when you're in it. What would you tell your younger self now where you're at just through life? Like we know as women, we go through a lot. You guys have been through relationships and experiences like young Holly, young Bridget, like now where you're at in your life. What would you guys tell yourselves at that young age? Don't be so hard on
1: yourself. I mean, it's easy for me to say now because I know like everything turned out fine. But I would go back and be like, don't be so miserable. Don't be so hard on yourself. It's not the end of the world, you know.
2: Love it yeah things do work out like because there were times where I didn't think it was going to Yeah, there was times where I was like I have to have a plan b now
0: I don't think there I don't think I'm gonna be here tomorrow kind yeah. of thing it, it's we're all our own worst enemies um but I can't thank you guys enough for coming because I feel like there's so many themes that now and I'm sure you guys are talking about on your show that like it's relatable what you guys have been through and it's taking a different form in every generation but like it's still happening yeah I think so too right It's I, definitely I, still happening. like I don't know if you guys thought for a while did you guys feel like you were just like in this own bubble of like we no one can relate and now do you guys kind of feel like you're like seeing like fuck this is like kind of what a lot of women go through absolutely I remember when we were at the mansion
1: I didn't feel like I was necessarily setting a bad example by being there being on TV because I'm mm-hmm. like well this couldn't happen anywhere else yeah. like I know this situation sucks for me in a lot of ways but it doesn't happen anywhere else but yeah. it does happen a lot of other places like there were even other places in LA they would call them like mini mansions yeah. where like there would be guys that kind of like behaved in the same way Heft did and had women there and stuff and I we heard a lot of crazy bad stories about those places too and every time we watch an episode for a podcast I think of some kind of issue that's relatable to people
0: even you saying that I'm like promoters I remember in college like I didn't want to hook up with this one guy but like he was getting all of my friends and I into this place and I'm just like in his car and I'm like "Uh, uh, uh, okay and like he's like kind of pressuring me and I'm like Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say and it's like it's difficult but it's like you see it everywhere it's like when you don't have independence and financial stability like it is such a fucking privilege to be financially stable because when you're not it is fucking hard to look at someone and turn something down that is although again you get that weird gut feeling of like I don't want to do this the the reward of like what you could get to because mm-hmm. we're not thinking about the moment. We're like, well, will I meet the people in the room? Could I get the job from this? Like, mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's the Harvey Weinstein shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's threatening my whole fucking career, so I guess I have to sleep with this man, or Hollywood is never going to give me another job. Like, it's never the in the moment that you're actually having to think about. It's we're you're thinking past it, mm-hmm. and that's what I think is lost on people. Is like, we as women aren't just making these decisions of like. Okay, this seems cool in the moment. No, it's like yeah. there's a plan that you have to think of of like surviving in your head, and I and I don't appreciate that people can't be that like they just are so dense that they're like, well, you just wanted to have sex with an old man. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's so much more complex yeah. than that. Like, but there are guys that would say that yeah, in comments never of like, it. yeah, oh, like you what you're complaining now, and it's like that's just not the case. So i appreciate you guys coming on you both are like you're you're so inspirational and i i'm just like excited to continue to see what you guys do because although you're like what you popped off originally on it's so cool to see you guys continue to build your brands and like talk about things that are really important and everyone please go listen to the podcast because it is so fucking good thank you thank you ladies Thank thank you Who's ready to create some core memories this spring, daddy gang? Rally the squad, we're packing up and heading out on a road trip in UGG. Y'all know I live in my UGG classic boots. Well, now it's time to swap out the boots for the sandal of the season, the golden glow, because you already know UGG season is year-round, baby. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com.